Hey, this is Doug Jones from Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, Hellboy 1 and 2, Hocus Pocus, Pan's Labyrinth, and Falling Skies. But today, you are listening to Genretainment. Hi, everyone. This is Jean Entertainment over at Sci-Fi Pulse Radio, and we're your hosts, Marks. And Julie. And what you just heard at the beginning of the show was a snippet from the song for our web series, Reality on Demand. It was a song composed and performed by our friend T. Sean Hardy. And you can find our web series at AlienJungleBug.com. Today on Jean Entertainment, we're going to try something a little new. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a review episode. But so, not of one episode. No, no. So let us know if you enjoy it, okay? So we might do some more of these um, so this time we're reviewing season one of Star Trek Picard Woohoo! with our friend Ian Collin, the founder of SciFiPulse.net and the host of SFP Now. Hi, Ian. Hey, how you doing? All right. Well, first off, let's start this off with a like overall spoiler-free thoughts, okay? So that way, after that, people could tune out if they haven't watched this, this season. But if they want to get a, a broad idea of what we thought, we okay. can start with that. So a broad idea is, if you haven't watched it, why are you listening to this? Turn it <laughs> off. Go watch the whole series all at once and come back because it was awesome. So, mm-hmm. All right. So it was awesome well, for you. Uh, a little tip is um, it's actually even better if you actually read the uh, prequel novel by Una McCormick. Ah. By who? Una McCormick. Ah, I didn't know about this. Awesome. I um, it's, a, it's, it's a pretty cool novel, and it's um, it fills in, you know, Picard is actually set 15 years after the events in, in the prequel cool novel. And the prequel cool novel kind of fills in, you know, quite a bit of a gap. It gives you um, all the backstory on Rafi, and how Picard got involved with Rafi, and, uh, um, and basically... Um, in, in the story, the Romulan Star Empire was actually in danger because there was a big supernova going mm-hmm. through that was going to sort of like waste half their planets away. Mm-hmm. And Mikard, under the guise of Starfleet, uh, working alongside with Romulan, Romulan government, made this big rescue effort to relocate um, all the various different Romulan planets to different locations within the Romulan Star Empire. Yeah. So I think it also fills in the backstory for the creation of the Simps that were used to actually uh, to destroy mm-hmm. the the Utopia Planitia shipyards. Also, George is actually working at the Utopia Planitia shipyards. Oh. He's actually running the operations to uh, build all the ships that Picard needs oh. to to do it. And um, so, bye bye, Jordy. No, Jordy gets away. Oh. Um, but to rest assured, the to viewers, if you haven't read it, everything really gets explained in this in the show. Yeah, the so, show explains everything. Um, so, because I didn't know about it, and I was I was really clear on what had happened too. So it would be a fantastic read, and I would like to read it. Do they but... mention Worf in the book? Yeah, we want to uh, know about Worf. Worf. Worf gets promoted to the captain of the Enterprise. Does he really? Oh. Uh, yeah. Yay! Because what what happens is um, is Picard actually gets promoted to Admiral, mm-hmm. and he needs for rescue operation, and he gets a different ship, and Rafi is his first officer on that ship. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that and, we didn't see an Admiral Picard, you know, kind of stuck at headquarters, and uh, I just it's just hard for me to picture Picard being happy anywhere but on a starship in the thick of it you know mm-hmm. 
it, the, the book, it does fill in a lot of the backstory. Also fills in, uh, it also fills in a little bit on 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 the couple that uh, the Romulan couple that Picard that looking after Picard at the oh. beginning of oh, the series. Yeah. It doesn't meet them. them in. It doesn't meet them in the book. I don't think. But it might do. Um, he meets them in the uh, comic book, which is a um, countdown to Picard. It's called Countdown Star Trek Picard or something, uh-huh. and it's graphic novel now. You know, now that you so, mentioned that, I hadn't thought about this, but um, we kind of lose track of that couple. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. The spoiler section. All right, well, so, we've already done a lot of spoiler so, stuff right well, now. Well, it's a novel, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you know a lot of that from the trailer. So, oh, uh, okay. But yeah, so this sounds like we all enjoyed it. It is a little bit darker. It is a I different kind of Picard. I didn't think it seemed dark. I don't understand how people <laughs> are saying that. But uh, we all enjoy it, so everybody needs to watch it. And now we're going to go into the spoiler section, so, so everybody's warned. Yeah, I don't understand where this dark comes from. There's nothing dark. What is dark? Well, no, it's but this show wasn't dark. I don't understand how people are saying it. It's because it doesn't. It's because it doesn't have the idea on I Starfleet. It's because Starfleet betrayed Starfleet. So like closed its borders to our sympathetic life forms. Well, but I and, mean, uh, and in a lot of people's uh, idealized minds of Starfleet, Starfleet wouldn't do that because Starfleet is all accepting. The Starfleet has made all mistakes throughout all these series. They've screwed up at some point they've made bad calls from time to time i mean there's it's never been perfect i think yeah, well you and i both know that but you know there's not people <laughs> that that love these shows that have, well, I have love, a very I idealized love Star Trek too but i i mean they've made some bad yeah. calls in the past i think people idolize these older shows after a while and they forget some of the, the nostalgia takes over and they don't remember the actual details yeah because there's pretty much They've yeah. made some pretty bad calls. Like well, they've they've okayed slavery in the past, and well, and like the Maquis, the, the Star yeah. Trek was Federation mm-hmm. perfect. There wouldn't have been needed for the Maquis, right? Yeah, I mean, seriously, long live the Maquis for crying out loud! <laughs> and also, um, in the Pale Moonlight, the uh, DS Nine episode where um, Cisco uses Garrick um, in order to help him deceive the Romulans to actually bring them into the Dominion War to put, you know. Put them on the side of the Federation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No? Yeah, Deep Space Nine especially did, you know, some of the darker aspects of, of the Federation. And introduced Section 31. Wasn't there a Next Generation at one point? Wasn't there, like... or Which which series was it where it, they had three sexes and one, one sex was required for procreation and they got farmed out to other couples who wanted to have kids and they were basically sex slaves for reproduction i think that was next generation that was right? next generation wasn't it yeah and then like that's um, something similar enterprise and too. then there was an enterprise they actually sanctioned slavery at one point because of the financial gain that they got from this planet mm-hmm. um they, i mean they've done some really shady dren <laughs> really shady dren but I so I can't um, I don't understand how people ever thought that Starfleet was perfect. Yeah, uh, unlike Picard, we're gonna try not to curse in this episode. So if you hear funny words, that's why I challenge. Far, Farscape has Dren and Frell, and of course, Battlestar Galactica has Frack. frack. I, ch- I challenged Ian and Julie not to curse. Right, but that but 
Dren was the correct word there for the S word. So, yeah. <laughs> and of course, uh, the original Battlestar Galactic series also had Felgacab. Oh, is that a word too? Mm-hmm. That's, That's from the original series. It was quite... never used in the reboot. What is it? What, what does Felgacab mean? Fel- it means BS, I don't understand basically. what you're saying. Felgacab? Felgacab. Felgacab. It means BS. Felgacab? <laughs> Feltacog. Huh? Felgacab. Cub. Feltacob. Never mind. <laughs> what are you saying? It's okay. It's okay. We'll write it down later so we can read it. I think it's a word you got to read. <laughs> yes. So anyway, and that's, well, let's do a few of the criticisms because we're already winning. Can I just it. say so, that it just proves how much better the new Battlestar Galactica is that they could come up with frack better than this other thing in Afghanistan. <laughs> uh, actually, the original Battlestar Galactica created frack. Yeah, they had frack too. They had frack too. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah they had frack too. Yeah, um, so, you know, yeah, you've so got that... the original Battlestar Galactic, so thank for frack. <laughs> so you better be fracking thankful. <laughs> frack? What did he say? The original Battlestar Galactic is what? So thank for frack. So you better be fracking thankful. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need so, to drink more before I do these shows. So that's the two, I didn't want to start criticisms. We're already talking a little bit about That's the two criticisms people have given it, you know, not us necessarily, but other people, that the show... It's too dark for what they think is what Star Trek is to be, which might be a... Well, I don't want to watch it might a, be a children's cartoon. Yeah, it might be a, an after effect by Discovery's really dark season one, I think, too. And then also it's it's maybe got too much strong language. I think it, they do cuss too much, honestly. They're, I don't think... Because there was never any time where they did it where I felt it was really necessary. It always felt um, kind of oh. superfluous. Well, I think Doctor Who needs cursing. I mean, <laughs> I really, I, I think that's what the Doctor's missing right yes. now. Yes. <laughs> he needs to hold hands, grab his companion's hand and say, and run! <laughs> Frackin' run! Um, yeah, so, you know, I think, I don't care. I agree about, with the cussing. That was, it just was unnecessary. I, I don't really feel too strongly about it either way, but I did... Once I heard the criticisms about it, and they dropped their first f bomb like in episode two, I think, mm. and then I noticed that it just kept getting more and more in all the lines. That like by the second to last episode, it was like every time they got emotional, they had to throw yeah. in. A- well, see, my two my two criticisms for using that language, which is funny because you know I curse all the time, um, is that one, it's un it unnecessarily limits your audience, so parents may not feel as comfortable letting their kids watch it you know until they're much older although i mean a lot of this would go over young kids heads anyway probably but you know if you were thinking about letting your young teenager watch it you might not be comfortable letting them watch it until they were older also i felt like they used it too much as a crutch and it makes it lazy writing because like you said instead of writing better dialogue for when they're emotional instead of writing emotional dialogue just having your actors drop curse words in lieu of better writing. I, I think that it was just lazy, you know, honestly. Which was odd because it seemed so well written, but when it came to that, it was like they just got lazy. Well, and I tried to rewind in my mind, like, when they would curse, I'd be like, okay, that performance, what they just did, you know, would I still get what the same reaction even if they didn't curse? And, I, and I, they all delivered the lines so was, well. There was, a, yeah, and there was, I can't remember what line it was. But there's one time where I felt like the addition of the curse word made it sound so... It was actually it was supposed to be really impactful, but it sounded silly because it was so out of place. 
Yeah, you got to be careful. And then also... Uh, it's like singing Mary Had a Little Lamb. Be Mary Had a effing Lamb. You know, it just didn't seem to... It didn't fit. <laughs> yeah, that's the Irish version. <laughs> After a couple beers, you know. I think in season two it would be nice if they just tone it down a little bit. I don't have to get yeah. rid of it, but just tone it down a little bit. Because it's not... It's not like Picard... Well, in Tarantino world, and what were the to me at least the most memorable lines in that show were the ones that Picard was speaking, and and yeah. he never cursed at all. I don't think, and uh, he's too classy. Yeah, you know those are the lines that really like you know because you think there's no choice. That's a lack of imagination. It's a failure of it's imagination. A failure of imagination. Yeah. You know that was mm-hmm. a great line. There's a lot of great lines in there. Uh, you know, fear is the yeah. You know, I gave you the choice to not be the destroyer of worlds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just yeah, everything. Like I mean, let's face it, Patrick Stewart. I mean, he could read the phone book and make it sound awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what was missing for it from it for me was in TNG. Use you know they used to make a lot of use of uh, Patrick Stewart Shakespearean yeah. uh, training. Especially when when he was in episodes with Q, they'd be quoting Shakespeare back and forth to each other, but in context of what was actually happening in the episode. Yeah. And uh, you you also had that Shakespearean tone and thing with the original series crew as well. I think it was a um, McCoy in one episode. He, he says, "Angels and ministers are grace defenders," sort of thing when they were in in somewhat of a tricky situation. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, you know you're, I hadn't thought and, about and, that, but and, right. and, and The Undiscovered Country is actually taken from, from a Shakespeare play, yeah. the, the actual title, The Undiscovered Country. Yeah. So, And it seems to me that um, ever since Voyager, because it did keep Shakespeare going on a little bit in Deep Space Nine, but they seemed to drop it out when Voyager came on. That's because Voyager again, was just poorly written all around, to well, be honest. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. you know, <laughs> it was also... It was also um, with a few notable exceptions, it was very poorly acted as well. Yeah, well, I mean, you know Star, a Star Trek show's in trouble when they have to bring out a model in a cat suit just to keep it on the air. <laughs> and Enterprise yeah, but, you know, the, model in a cat suit. The good thing about yeah. Jerry Ryan is she could actually act. You know, yeah. That, yeah. That, that, was, that was like the redeeming that was you know, redeeming like part. the actor oh, that cat. played Chakotay, I didn't know he could act until the end of the se- series. I was like, hey, that guy could act. They should have, like, let him do more. <laughs> and and it was always insulting because they got Janeway, the first female captain, and she was just completely unhinged and schizophrenic. One week, by God, I firmly have this stance, and da-da-da. And then the next week, because it was inconvenient for her to have that stance, she believed very firmly the other way. I mean, she was, yeah. she was pretty yeah. schizo. Yeah, and she's also, uh, she couldn't make up her mind whether she was the crew's captain or the crew's mother. Also, um, it was obvious that the, the writing team was dominated by men uh-huh. because what happens as soon as they have a first female captain, what does she do? She gets them lost in space. Yeah. That's, that's exactly. all the male writers you know women there. can't that's, drive. Yes, <laughs> but see, that's really unrealistic because unlike a male captain, a female captain would actually look at the map. <laughs> Yeah, well, Voyager is not always the best written show, but I thought it was fun at times. And I liked Seven to Nine, even though she had a cat. Not because she had a cat. Because of her <laughs> sure. Character. I did like the Doctor. but I, I love the Doctor. I, I got to be honest, I didn't care for Deep Space Nine 
until like the war was good. But let's face it, they just ripped off Babylon Five. <laughs> so many controversial mm-hmm. statements. I mean, that's yes. all it was. Um, it was a rip um, off Babylon Five. If you like Deep Space Nine with the shot with the war and everything, then go ahead and watch Babylon Five because you'll love it because they did it so much better. <laughs> And if you like Babylon 5 and the war and everything, then go and read Lord of the Rings because that's what Babylon 5 ripped off. <laughs> In space. <laughs> yeah. I recommend Lord of the... I re, yeah, I recommend the Lord of the Rings, you know, the trilogy and The Hobbit and, and mm. reading that and, and watching B5. So that does bring up another criticism that uh, I barely have heard, but I heard a little bit. There was this one review, I think it maybe was... I don't remember what it was. It was one of the mainstream ones. Where they just butchered it. Picard? And, yeah. Well, and, they're an idiot. And it was, I didn't think it was very fair at all. But they were talking about how unoriginal it was, blah, 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 blah. Most of it was silly because if you nitpick every little scene, you're going to, you can be able, there's well, so much science fiction, you're going to find something. Well, it, it was it's literally. Just stories in general. There's only a few stories in the entire yeah. world. Everything's a retelling of a story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like pulling in like a dozen plus different Yeah, it's things. like, you know, I like <laughs> The Lion King, but let's face it, it's Hamlet. But you know. there is, I, I could say that. In a way, similar to how D Space Nine was influenced, was influenced <laughs> by Babylon Five, which was on the air at the same time, because sometimes things would happen in Babylon Five that didn't, everything you know, not happened long on D Five first, and then it similar happened. would happen on D Space Nine. But um, which you could say the same thing Marvel and DC Comics, they do the same thing, right? They something happened in one universe, and then suddenly doing the same thing in the next universe. And well, the, the thing is, yeah, but Marvel the Marvel, the Marvel and DC Comics are actually ripping off, you know, ripping off Greek mythology. Well, yeah, yeah. No, but, but so, they they sometimes have competition with each other. Yeah, that you can you can tell when they have one thing, when a big event happened, they have something else similar kind of yeah. happen. <clears throat> but anyway, you could say that some people could criticize a little bit that maybe it was a little bit Battlestar Galactica-ish. Yeah, it, it was. In fact, when we got to the last second to last episode, and then we were starting to watch the last episode, Marks and I were t- I was saying something, and I I actually slipped it and said the Cylons, and then I go, oh no, wait. They're not called Cylons since, but I kept, because as the long, the more I started talking about something about this episode, mm-hmm. I actually started calling them the Cylons because it started, I just subconsciously was watching Battlestar Galactica a little bit. Yeah, because the organic Cylons are very similar to right. synthetics. And they also had duplicates. And <laughs> there I, are many, and they have a plan. Yeah, <laughs> there are many copies, and they have a plan. Synthetics also had duplicates. Yeah, too. but they didn't have a plan in the end, didn't they? They didn't no, have a good one. Yeah, nobody had plans. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. The Cylons are outside of space and time, and you call them up. Yeah, I mean, even though I say that, and it was true, I was like the Cylons. Oh, I mean, there were some similarities in terms of that, but for crying out loud, it was very different. Otherwise, it was very different, and I think what's and it, it's done well. And it's done well. It's done very well. And when it, when they decide to explore the theme of data and his his eventual end and children oh, of sorts, God, um, I cried like a baby. At yeah, the I end. think you almost kind of have to touch on synthetics, and it seems like they're tying into discovery a little bit, so that also ties in. So I, I do give them that, you know. Tie-in discovery. I'm trying to think. Oh, because yeah. of uh, Control. Was it called Control, right? Oh. Yeah, it was called Control, and Control was a synthetic life form. That's right. Yeah, and it wiped out everybody. Um, and, sorry, and, I was a little <laughs> slow on that uptake. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, anyway, we'll get more into that once we get to speculations at the end. So, so anyway, we don't think it's necessarily too dark. I I don't understand the dark angle. Another, another thing that was uh, criticized for was 
Raffi vaping and uh, real smoking cigars. Oh, good like God, that. people, get a you know, life. They were saying, well, Gene Roddenberry never approved of cigarettes. And I just thought, well, Gene Roddenberry's dead. What's he going to do about it? <laughs> Not to this Gene Roddenberry. He had a wonderful imagination. He bought right. a Star Trek, and without him, wouldn't have Star Trek. But, right. you know, these people sort of conveniently forget the scene in Star Trek Three where McCoy is in a bar and you've got all these aliens vaping. Mm-hmm. And that was even before vaping was a thing. <laughs> Star Trek created vaping. I, I'm, I'm sure at some point, didn't someone in any of these shows have a hookah or something at some point? I mean, come uh... on. But here's my thing. Like, I'm not like, yay, pro-smoking, but I'm getting really tired of this. We have to be completely politically correct now. We cannot have anybody smoking anything because apparently if you have a character on a show smoke, you're responsible for a million people starting to smoke for some reason. I I see people, like, jump off cliffs and do crazy stuff. That doesn't mean I'm going to go do it. It's odd, too, that they would people would be upset about someone who they make it quite clear she's got issues and substance abuse issues, but they're okay with all the cussing and the F-bombs. But gosh, seeing someone showing the the reality of how she's let her life get worse because of substances, you know. Yeah, and, and this whole notion of you can't have anybody smoke. Now you have to have, you have to have this many women and this many men and this many shades of color and then you have to have at least one gay and then you have to check all your boxes in order to make it appropriate things need to work organically i feel for a story and what works organically in this case is of course having a diverse cast i'm not against that that's not what i'm saying but also for her character it would make sense that she's doing that you know what i mean well these are all flawed characters right even picard is a flaw he made a mistake it's it's haunted him and stuff and and um, he you know he's he's flawed in that he's so hyper idealistic you know yeah. he he can't he has trouble functioning in gray areas you know yeah. <laughs> and this is and everybody's in the gray here you know the only person that I mean, the, the other thing is well um with, with the substance abuse and you know what these people seem to forgetting about you know it's the 20 it's the 24th century isn't it well, it's, 20, it's 24th century, but I think it's actually set in 2399, so it's actually going on to the 25th century. Mm-hmm. century. Mm-hmm. Um, at that stage in the future, if you remember the episode way, way back in Star Trek Next Generation, Neutral Zone, when you had that guy come onto the ship, he had substance abuse problems and took him out and cryogenic freeze and... Uh, and he was a musician and he had alcohol problems and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. In TNG, they cleaned up his liver. So all Raffi needs to do is she needs to go to a doctor, she'll get her liver cleaned up, and she can start a substance abuse all over again. There's no, there's no consequences <laughs> yeah. for it. Well, and also, <laughs> you know? they, they could go in and zap your brain and go, okay, you no longer have cravings and you're no longer addicted. You know, you can, you can just get cleaned up just like that and get your organs, yeah, like your liver, healed up just like that. You know, I mean, damage to your kidneys, <laughs> no problem. We can give you a titanium heart. <laughs> well when it comes to smoking if you can heal the injury right then what's the problem it's not really a problem is it (laughs) now no drugs if it affects your ability and you're addicted and everything yeah but yeah uh, but she was she was functional so what's the difference between using a little bit of plants like she was growing plants to just smoke things and eat things and everything 
to manage anxiety and depression versus getting a pill from a doctor in a pharmacy. I mean, it seemed like she was doing it's the same thing, you know. I mean, may, we don't know enough, honestly. For all we know, she was honestly treating a medical condition. We don't know. Well, I have a feeling yeah. she might have some mental illness, too. Right. I mean, <clears throat> they, we didn't get enough information to know if she's only doing things recreationally or yeah. if she's doing things medically. Because in, in she seemed book. to be able to not do it when she wanted to. She got on the ship and she stopped her, her rep, you know, the replicator machine from giving, serving her alcohol. You know, I mean, in reality, in our day and age, if you drank every day and suddenly you went cold turkey, you would not, you'd have the DT, you know, tremors and shakes. You'd be sick. It can be fatal. You know, so she was able to just turn it right off. She could start up and then she could stop again. So it, either it's addiction is a different reality in the future or she wasn't really an addict. She just dabbled. Mm. I mean, Rafi was a conspiracy theorist as well. You know, and she, she, was she, right. she she's one <laughs> and she was the one that unpicked the conspiracy between Romig and Zach Vash and, mm-hmm. the, and and the Mole in the Federation. You know, she was the one that unpicked it. Yeah. She's the one that you figured know? it out. Yeah. Well, but she ago. has certain moments of like, like I, I, if they wanted to go that direction, that she could have some kind of mental illness too. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it in there. That's what I said. We mm-hmm. don't. We honestly don't have enough information based on because sometimes that can you know, just depend on what it is. It can mm-hmm. make you see in different it, ways it, too. Yeah, kind of... it is. It is kind of hinted at in the book that she could be bipolar. Mm. It's yeah. not. It's not outright said or anything like that. But it's it's very strongly hinted. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised because well, when she started finding out about it and stuff, it's like she's almost like she's addicted to the conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it, she, if anything, she's addicted to anything. Yeah. It's that. So, and which you know, that's, would be interesting to have a character who's got some kind of mental yeah. illness. You're going to explore that in a serious Well, manner. and here's the thing you know, I mean, some things people think of as a disability are often an asset. I mean, they've done studies and proven that the majority, you know, a lot of people. I think even the majority of emergency room doctors and nurses are ADHD because they thrive on that environment. People who don't have it struggle in that environment more, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's just a different way of your brain working. It's not necessarily a disability. It's just a different ability. Quite a few detectives and computer scientists are um, high-functioning autism and Asperger's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... it's more a matter of finding where you fit and what your strengths are. But um, you can have a quote-unquote no disability and struggle a lot in life and, and have trouble doing certain things. And then you can have a quote-unquote disability, be on the autism spectrum, have perfect pitch, a beautiful singing voice, and excellent powers of concentration. You know I mean? It's, yeah. it's just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so... Let's talk about what was our favorite episode. Okay, I'm oh a little God. torn because, <laughs> of course, the first episode is the first one, so it's like woohoo, got Picard back. Um, I loved when he saw Elnor for the first time as an adult, but I have to say probably it was um, with Riker and Troy. Oh, yeah. The episode because uh, yeah. I didn't when when that yeah. episode was over, I turned to Marx and said. I had not realized until this episode how much I missed having Picard and Riker and Troy together. Yeah, I think that's the mm-hmm. highest rated episode in IMDb also. 
And I'm sure, yeah, like, I, I'm sure for those of us, like I grew up on Next Generation. That was my first one that I watched. Um, that for those of us like me, that's going to for nostalgic purposes. And that's that to me has always been Star Trek was the Next Generation crew. And particularly, I loved Picard and Riker and Troy and Worf and da- Data and Geordi. And, you know, like these are the core group and having them together some of them together again i just i was i was smiling like a doofus through the whole episode i just loved it <laughs> yeah that's episode seven mm. i mean i watched i watched every episode twice <laughs> oh, did you? good you know that episode um with with Riker and troy I, I really enjoyed that but another aspect i enjoyed about that was the fact that we learned more about their dead son in 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 one episode and we probably than we probably could have over an entire season. Yeah. You know, by the stories that Kestra was telling um, Soji about him and, mm-hmm. and, um, and how, how um, Troy was talking about him to Picard and, and stuff like that. And the irony of that was uh, that their son actually died of something unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, whereas had, had the Sims not yeah. been outmoded, they could have saved their son's life by the use of a positronic matrix or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't understand exactly the the connection of that with the synthetic life and how that would have saved their son, but you get the gist, which is had there not been a ban on synthetic life, their son would have lived. And it's very much like uh, the the argument people have, some people saying we don't want stem cell research because we believe it's anti-life because we want to save the unborn babies and this and that and da 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 but then on the other hand people are going what are you talking about if you're pro-life the stem cell research is going to save all these lives <laughs> you know? yeah. well yeah i like the relationship that forms between their daughter kester and soji i thought that was really yes. sweet yes and can i just say how much i love their little girl yeah. <laughs> she was she was really memorable and i i hope we see her again at some point um, I absolutely adored that little girl. She was so cool. Yeah, so there were a lot of good episodes that I enjoyed. I think if I had to pick one, one of them would be Absolute Candor, which you mentioned with Elnor's uh, first yeah. appearance. That was a well-crafted mm-hmm. episode overall. And, uh, I really like that character overall. He's, uh, he's a memorable character. I would like to see him fight Worf. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so fun. Um, Worf so, would kick his ass. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was a good one. And for different reasons, Stardust City Rag was, it was a little silly in ways, but f- fun, silly way. And I liked seeing Seven to Nine again. And, and I, Oh, is that the one where they got, they tried to go undercover? And, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. I loved and, that uh, part. And I yeah, liked... the one thing I didn't like about that was, uh, was Picard putting on a French accent. I mean, come on, he's meant to be French. Why is he putting on a French accent? <laughs> What accent did he do? I don't remember. He did a he puts, on, puts on a really horrible oh, yeah. French accent. And Picard's meant to be French anyway, and he's the most British French man there is. Yeah, <laughs> I love their, like, the French guy is like, really? Because the guy sounds like he's straight out yeah, of I think they were trying to play off that as an inside joke. But, yeah. Uh, I, I actually laughed. I thought it was funny, so. I. And I liked 7 to 9. The Rangers remind me a bit of the Rangers of... Uh, of 
Babylon Five. Yeah, they do a lot. I got that, and I I like I like what they've done with Seven of Nine. I I did not care for her as much during um, Voyager, but it was never anything personal against Jerry Ryan. It was just the show, you know, and I felt like she just was. I don't know. I felt most of the time in, in Voyager, she was more silly. And they also, the Borg, when the Borg first showed up, I mean, I literally had actual nightmares. The Borg scared me so bad. Like, I watched the episode where the Borg, they run into the Borg the first time. I had nightmares that night from it. By the time Voyager got a hold of it, like, we have one in a cat suit walking around so we can get ratings. And then the Borg are sending delegates to talk. And all that. I'm like, oh, my God, they became silly. Like, the Borg mm-hmm. no longer were scary or serious. I, once Voyager got a hold of them, if you even said Borg, I just roll my eyes involuntarily. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, the beginnings of that, though, was Star Trek First Contact and the Bar Queen. Yeah. You know, the Bar Queen, cool, but then they overused her in Voyager. And uh, the more and more they used her, the more and more they used, you know, you used that whole setup for the Bar Queen and stuff like that. The less and less frightening they became. And. Yeah, they were they sort of became they were just redundant. Like a force of nature almost. They were so inhuman. That they, I mean, they would strip every bit of humanity from you. It was like turning you into a zombie, basically, which was so frightening. And then they just got silly. I almost, I was wondering if they were going to go with like Borg Queens or like Synths or something. I know, I, I was waiting for it. <laughs> we even we even started talking about that going, what do you think they're going to do? They're gonna, I, I actually said, I go, oh. At one point, I go, oh, my gosh, are they going to do it to where Borg were actually synthetic life from, you know, the other quadrant that became too powerful and they became Borg and started wiping out biological life? Like, I thought that's where they were headed. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Mm. Because remember, that was actually actually a theory that was going around the fan groups was that, you know, the the Sims would would a Borg sort of thing. Another theory. And did you hear about the script leak in, in when it came to um, Rios's character? Did you hear about that? No. No, what are you talking about? Well, apparently there was a script leak uh, to do with Rios's character, and uh, this script it looked very professional. It was actually really professionally done um, to a point where it actually convinced many people that it could have been real. And what it is, you know, Rios had all these holograms uh-huh. of himself on the ship, <laughs> and so they all had cool. different, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, apparently they had the actual real Rios actually confess to Durati that he was a hologram within oh, within the this script. Yeah, and and I thought no, I thought that I thought that's not going to work. And then it wasn't in the show, and I thought, thank God for that because it yeah. would just would have been terrible writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can think of a few reasons why that just flat couldn't work. Well, they give you a portable one like the Doctor. Yeah. I love Rios was so he was such a great character. The actor knocked it oh, out of the park. Well, what was your favorite episode again? Um, you know, I I really like the um, the one that introduced Elnor. You know, when Picard goes to the planet. Yeah, absolute candor. And and he meets meets the nuns. Absolute candor. I like that one. Uh, yeah. a, a great deal. I also liked the I can't remember the title of it, but it's the one where Picard is introduced to the Zatvash. Where you know, where the two Romulans that are, that are living with him, that that uh-huh. they're sort of like looking after him, uh, they tell him about the the, uh, the legend of of the Zach Varsh, um, who are kind of like the secret secret police yeah. <laughs> beyond the Tosia. I liked how that was all set up, 
And but I think the favourite out of all of it, it's got to be the Try and Riker episode. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Like when they were around the dinner table talking, it was just like another episode of Star Trek. It was. It was so great. <clears throat> um, and I want to move to where they live. I mean, I'm, I want. I want to move there. Seriously, who does not want to live there? So, of all the new characters, which one was your favourite? Uh, like, if you're ready, yeah, now we'll start yeah, with you. Yeah, go in. Well, I, I kind of like Rafi because I think she's quite complex. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got a lot of complexities to her. And, um, you know, I kind of like the fact that it's hinted that there's some mental illness there. But you, you're not quite sure, <laughs> sort of thing. And, you know, a lot of people complain about the fact that she calls him JL. Why would you complain about that? Well, because like, a, lot of, a lot of people think that Captain Picard should be respected and he should be called Captain Picard. Or well, but your Picard. best friends don't call you that. They have nicknames for you. Yeah. And and also, um, I think another point I'd actually argue against them, you know, as soon as we are playing devil's advocate here, is that they weren't serving on a Starfleet vessel, yeah. so ranked it matter. So yeah, much. I mean, it's not like, of course, Riker would call him, you know, or dress him differently. He served under him all those years, and he was, you know, his superior officer. And da, da, da. but she, they met like on equal footing, you know, not on a ship, not on command, and they had a personal friendship that was not really related to their job necessarily. I mean, they were both in Starfleet, but they weren't serving together. Secret romantic relationship. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you—it would be silly for her to be like Captain Picard, you know, my best well, friend, Captain Picard. She she was his first officer um, prior to them meeting up again. But you know, it's all like um, in the book. It's it's kind of explained that that she's the only person that can actually get away with addressing yeah. him in in such an informal way. Well, see, so, to me, it's kind of like you know, if you had a teacher. And then, like, you you grow up and you don't see them for a long time. And then you see them again and they'll be like, just call me, you know, by their first name or something. I have a harder time doing that because of my personality and how I was raised. But Rafi would have no problems with it. So to me, it said as much, you know, it was just about how she sees the world and relates to people along with her familiarity and friendship. Yeah, I mean, if I met a teacher, I wouldn't exactly call them sir or mister or whatever. Most of my teachers, um, you know, and actually call numerous words that cannot be mentioned <laughs> on the show. Because um, I didn't particularly do great at school. <laughs> well, I mean, just like I said, though, I mean, it, it's because of it's a combination of their close friendship and her personality. She would have no problems kind of knocking people down to the same level, everybody, you know, just like, you know, when I was growing up, you know, if you had a pastor and, you know, you called them Pastor Smith, you know, that's how you, and then I got older and I went to a less formal um, church and I was trying to do that and, you know, he, she chuckled and she was just like, you don't have to call me, you know, Pastor, she's like, you can just call me Elizabeth and I just looked at her and said, I don't think I can do that. I was like, can I call you Pastor Elizabeth? She's like, sure. (laughs) I was just like, I can't do that. I mean, she's just like, don't call me Pastor in my last name. It's not like that here. But she knew my background. You know, I I grew up in in church and in school and even in, you know, the neighborhood. Adults were Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. And, And, you know, you also said ma'am, you know, ma'am and sir and 
and and miss the least formal we got like if they were younger adults and it was like they're working at the you know maybe at the library or they do childcare around here it's common like if i was doing after school childcare and they didn't want it to be formal the kids would call me miss julie and that's I, how we do it i remember when i was a kid my auntie Jean was kind of like old school in a lot of ways and she'd send me a birthday card and it'd be addressed to Master Ian Cullen. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, I, I, had, I was sort of it. thinking, I would have been in trouble if my surname was Bates, wouldn't I? You, know? <laughs> you would. She would have had to call you Master Ian. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's how around here, that's, you know, the less formal is, and it doesn't matter if you're married or not, you're Miss Julie or Miss you know, Amy or something, if you're dealing with people younger than you or whatever, and it's not formal, you still are using a title. So, but Raffi isn't like that, you know, so. Yeah. So what's your favorite character? Oh, I tell you, for me, I love Raffi, Elnor, and Rios. If I absolutely had to pick a favorite of those three, it's such a close call, but I'd probably go with Rios. (laughs) i just really like i love rios he's this lovable rogue which isn't surprising star wars my favorite was always han solo you know yeah i I always wanted to be han solo me too you know as a kid when we were playing star wars i always had to be like you have to be princess leia i don't want to be princess leia i'm han solo (laughs) and i you know I, i never wanted to be skywalker because you know yeah skywalker was kind of he was so straight-laced and, and by, you know, this is the path I must do and da-da-da. And I just always loved the lovable rogue. And to me, Han Solo choosing to do the right thing and everything was more meaningful. I don't know. And he was yeah. more yeah, fun. Because, you know, <laughs> he, he could, you could have sort of like um, moved away to a gang far, far away with the money and mm-hmm. not, not come back. But he mm-hmm. chose to stay behind because he sort of like, because he connected so much with Luke and, and Naya, he chose to to help them. But he does it in his own way. You know, he still maintains his individuality and who he is. He doesn't, yeah, he, he doesn't get, on his give own. that up to be a cog in a machine. Yeah, he gets there on his own and don't cave into being pressured into it. Right. Just got there on his own. And, and that's so why I, I think that that's probably a lot of the traits that draw me to Rios a bit more. Um, so I, I, I cigar. Cigar, the different accents for the, the, a different hologram. Yeah. I love the, all the different holograms and the different accents he does. And she's like, Oh, which one are you? (laughs) Rios to me is like, um, I don't think we've even scratched the surface of him yet. Oh no. There's there's so much more. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack. He's an interesting character. Okay. So I was going to say him. Mark's going to say what's but, yours. But uh, since you already took him, I, I will say <laughs> Elnor then is yeah. my favorite. Um, I, you're a, more of an Elnor kind of, you know, martial arts. Yeah, I kill people all the time. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> no. Uh, um, <coughs> I'm losing my voice. Yeah, I, I like, you know, he's a good action character, but he's got the... It, well, one honor. thing this season did that, that has never really been done is they really tried to, to flesh out the Romulans quite a bit. That um, was, yeah. Yeah, usually we know very little about the Romulans, honestly, over all these years. And I guess Nemesis gave us a glimpse of some stuff. But otherwise, we know very little about their culture 
And I think this gave us a little bit more depth about their culture and introduced these warrior nuns, which I thought were interesting. To they fight were great. Yeah, lost the, causes. The, the, the I love this. Like, it has to be a lost cause. <laughs> yeah. The Quatmanot, the, the, the warrior yeah. nuns. And do you know what I loved about those warrior nuns? Hmm. It's the fact that they put the heebie-jeebies up the Tao Shia. You know, the, ta- yeah. the Tao Shia are frightened of those warrior nuns. Yeah. Yeah, those are some badass and, women, man. Yeah, and I, I want to see that explored further if they carry on. I mean, I've got a feeling that in, in the second series, we'll probably get more of, of the Romulan stuff. Probably. Yeah, because Mark's, I remember after, especially that episode, he just was like, I, you know, they've never fleshed out this society, the civilization no. that much and how interesting they just go, it is. They're secret. <laughs> Everything's a secret. They, they go a lot into Vulcans, but never really into Romulans. And now we have a lead character that's a Romulan, so we can explore that more. And probably like recreating bad guys. Probably yeah. Narek will be back. And probably, I wouldn't doubt his sister is still alive. So Yeah, I think she's going to be a little bit harder to kill. Yeah, she'll probably be the ball queen in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have it out, right? It's real easy because she got knocked off. We never heard her hit. Never saw her, her hit, yeah. And she did that tele uh, transportation trick, quick transportation, like on a couple occasions. So I would wouldn't be surprised. I'd be more surprised if she didn't do that than if she. It would be like her to just fake her death and and, and then use it to her advantage. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And those I, I could have done without the ancestral aspect that they were trying to. That was really on. sick and creepy. <laughs> it's kind of weird, especially for Star mm. Trek. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of that kind of stuff, to be honest. I just yeah. kind of Are you a fan me. of incest, Ian? <laughs> no, not, not, not particularly. No. It really makes uh, my skin crawl. Uh, that was the Game of Thrones influence. I guess. I mean, I, I got, got, got I to say, Peyton, this looks awesomely hot with ears on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, huge improvement. Oh, and that's something else the Romulans. They explain... The inconsistency of the, of some have foreheads, you know, changes well, their foreheads. foreheads. <laughs> well, some of them have bumpy foreheads or whatever you yeah. call it, and some don't. And now they've explained why that is. So that's another. So they come thing. from different places on the planet or something. Yeah. Yeah, like the uh, well, the ones with look bumpy... different from different places. So why not? Yeah. The ones with the bumpy foreheads are from the north. Yeah. Of the planet. Stubborn you know? north. The stubborn <laughs> northerners. Yeah. I hope we see those two again, the the, the husband wife that. I like them. You know, I had forgotten that we just, you know, you lose track of them. They they take, go I'm off ca- world and you don't see yeah. them anymore. And I like them a lot. Yeah, I'm kind of yeah. surprised they didn't keep I'm, them around. Yeah, so I was a bit ticked off that Picard didn't take number one on the ship with him, you know? <laughs> well, you know, that's because they talked about in the behind the scenes thing, the ready room that that the dog was a bit of a hassle. To yeah, apparently this dog didn't have much act, any acting experience. Yeah, so. And so, um, but I love that dog. That dog was, I mean, the dog itself was just so cool. And the fact that he calls him number one was just awesome. Number one. It's like, what is more natural than that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> that you was know, a also sweet like, dog. Uh, it's like, you know, Reinko was his dog all those years. And... <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what, though? That's not an insult. Stop pooping on the floor, number one. (laughs) No, because, like, when I was growing up, my family, everybody swore there's no way that I could ever find a man that I would love as much as my dog. 
And <laughs> they, the joke was always, and they started, they even teased Marks when he started coming around. They said, if you really want to have a good shot, you're going to have to find like Ode to Hound Cologne. You're going to have to like smell like a hound dog for her to really want to be around you that much. You know? <laughs> Some of us love our dogs so much that, you know, if you're lumped in the same category as our dog, you're... That's about as high a compliment as you can get. Yeah, so I stink is what she said. <laughs> no, you always, you never smelled quite as I good as like a dog. smelled like a dog. You always smelled like a man. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if we see those two going back, so. Well, they better. And, and I, three, and number one, I, the dog. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, and Soji uh, was, was, was an okay, was an interesting character, but she needs, uh, they're going to have to do a little more with her probably. Her, her interactions with Riker and Troy's daughter was great. Yeah, that's um, where she really shined. But honestly, after Picard got her, except for that those scenes, she didn't really get a whole lot of screen time in a way. Mm-hmm. Her evil f- sister got a little bit more. Yeah, very very young, very very young actress. So playing actor playing soldier. I liked she's her. Only 20, she did a great. Job. She's only twenty one. She's only oh, twenty one. Really? You yeah. know, so she's not. You know, well, I knew she looked like prob- a baby. <laughs> prob- probably fresh out of drama school. She's done a few things. But oh, really? yeah, yeah. She's a very unique look. I could have swore she was like part Asian or something. She's Eurasian. <laughs> yeah, she's oh, European she... and Asian. Oh, okay, so. She's beautiful and she's a she's a really good actress. I thought she did a great job. It'll be interesting to see what her character does now, you know, once they get away from that storyline, maybe. I don't know what they're going to do next. I'm curious to see where they go with it, if they're going to stick with this, because now we have this artificial intelligence alliance out there. That we know is a potential threat, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. I think so. One thing I heard was a rumor, <clears throat> which is still very much a rumor, is that they they want to do a Defender style crossover, and have Discovery all the shows crossover in some storyline, hmm. which mm-hmm. you could do with this artificial intelligence, this synthetic alliance or whatever, because you know they are out of space and time, right? So, what do you think about that possibility? In I'm 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 not sure. I'd i actually have to see it to be able to judge it. To be honest, it's not it's not something I can I can actually envisage. Yeah, it's hard to do with Star Trek, right? Although it'd been yeah. cool back in the day if you had D Space Nine, Next Generation crossover, or or them crossover well, with Voyager. There's also there's also the fact that I don't really think the Discovery cast, with the exception of um, oh God, what's his name? You've interviewed him before. Crazy, um, crazy alien one. Oh yeah, Doug Jones. Doug Jones. With with the exception, Doug Jones, I don't think the cast would be strong enough. Oh, you don't think so? Yeah, I don't think she's the female lead is particularly strong. To be honest, um, no. Well, they, it's just well me. I mean, Captain Pike and Spock—that'd be interesting if they teamed up with. Oh uh, yeah. Picard. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Well, what's it? What's cool or what's could make it work is that really in the novels they've been doing that off and on for years right uh, they they have yeah i mean yeah. so like uh, at the moment i'm reading the titan novels um with uh you know which is basically captain Riker. <laughs> so i'm reading mm. those novels and it's captain Riker and troy and um they're running the uh the uss titan and um they've, they've been in in the first two if there's quite a heavy romulan plot going through the first two because it they, they, they it kind of follows on from events you know from Star Trek Nemesis oh really um, in, in, in those but they, you're right the books have crossed over quite a lot in the past and you know indeed will do again 
I remember way back when one of the first big crossovers they did that I knew about, at least it was, uh, it was maybe four books or three books. And it was like next generation. It was original series, next generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and they all cr- crossed over in certain ways. Although those crossovers, to be fair, were more like they were linked together by a similar event or, or enemy mm-hmm. or something than necessarily all the characters teaming up per se. Well, there's, there's one I've got on my Kindle. It's um, it's in my waiting to read list, and it's uh, it's three books, and it mixes uh, elements of Deep Space Nine with Star Trek TNG with Picard and his new first officer aboard the Enterprise, and um, also uh, Will Riker and Titan. And guess who's Will Riker's tactical officer on the Titan in the books? Worf? Nope. Oh. Uh... Tuvok. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got Tuvok. There's a character called Ensign Mangara Mangara Pazla, who was in one episode of DS9. She's actually a member of the Riker's command crew. <laughs> that reminds so, me. That's who I want to know. Whatever happened to uh, was the character um, who was uh, the real neurotic character from Next Generation. Who? Uh, oh, yeah. oh, Barkley. Yeah, Barkley. Barkley. Yeah. yeah. Amanda Barkley, played by White Schultz. I like that character. Yeah. That is that actor still alive? I don't know. Yeah. He's okay. Still alive and kicking. Still okay. working too. Good. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking, I was wondering about that character for some reason. I think I confused him that actor for someone else. But um, yeah, I would love to see see him because he's the, the amazing. Over. The the absolutely amazing thing is it's the same guy that played Howling Mad Murdoch from the A Team. Yeah. yeah. And you know they they the two characters look completely different, but I think it's because Murdoch had more hair because <laughs> 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 he was younger when he when he did Murdoch, so he had a little bit more hair and. Um, I, I couldn't believe it was the same guy. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. I I always I thought that actor did a great job and everything, but I loved him as Barkley. Yeah, I would love to see Barkley appear again. I love to see a lot of the characters. I would I would like to see the Doctor. There's talk about the Doctor being in it in season two. I would. Well, like I'll tell you, he was already in season two. Guinan's gonna be in season two. Yeah, we heard about that, right? He asked her, so that would be great. And, and it would be interesting yeah. to learn a little bit more about our species, maybe. And that would be, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Maybe we'll explore the Borg. How did I forget more. about that? <laughs> maybe we'll explore the Borg more or something else. Uh, we'd love to see yeah. Q, for example. We'd love to see a return of Q. Well, there's, there's actually a rumor that Q's going to be back. Oh, good. He should. You know, I was not happy about it. Yeah. Well, and if they end up running into the whole artificial or synthetic alliance, whatever they're called. That might be a Q event that might interest Q, get mm. him involved in it. And he's always had a special relationship with Picard, right? I know he got he developed one. He appeared once in East Space Nine, and then he appeared a few times in Voyager. But uh, he's always a special place in his heart for yeah. Picard. Yeah, and then also, uh, you know, John DeNancy and Patrick Stewart, both Shakespearean actors as they are, you know, so like just letting them two get rip at each other is just brilliant to watch on screen. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. I hope we see some more of them, and I don't know. We'll see what happens. I like the crew overall. They got kind of a Firefly feel in a way with the crew. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. I, a little which, bit of that. I love it. So just I love it anytime you get a ragtag group. I'm always happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. ragtag groups and quirky small towns. I mean, so let's go wrong. Let's talk about endings. First, endings of some characters, and then the endings of the show. 
Uh, so we lost a few characters. Hugh, <laughs> Bruce Maddox, Maddox. Maddox, yeah. Maddox. Oh, I'm mispronouncing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. it, or I guess Maddox. I think they said Bruce Maddox. Okay. And yeah. Also, the Maddox stuff. Um, you know, it, it was revealed that uh, Durati had a had a relationship with mm-hmm. Maddox and stuff like that. Yeah. The relationships actually fully explored in in the prequel novel as well. Oh, cool. It tells you how to meet each other, and there's, there's all sorts of events in the prequel novel that are not even referenced in the um, in 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 the series. It's a really good book. You probably enjoy it. Let me check it out. Well, we lost Hugh, which was kind of like, yep. I know. Bruce wasn't that big a deal. I mean, really, he's only been like one or two episodes. But, uh, we we lost Echeb. Yes, Echeb. It and took it me a little bit to figure different, out who. Yeah, it was a different it was a different actor. Yeah, and um, this, the actual actor that played him in Voyager, Manu Interami, I think I'm saying it right, he was actually interviewed shortly after that episode aired. And... Um, he saw like uh, he didn't understand why no one approached him to reprise the role. Huh. Yeah, it's weird. Sort of and he thinks that it may have been something to do with the fact that um you know the the um the I can't remember the name, the actor, the Oscar winning actor, he, he got he was um he was outed a few years back for, for kiddie fiddling. I'm not sure which one. But there's yeah, you got sadly you have to narrow so it down. Kevin Spacey. Oh Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, basically, uh, Manu Interami, before he read all the details about Kevin Spacey and people sort of like saying, saying a lot of um, ill things and stuff like that, Manu Interami sort of like made the mistake of you know, like saying something on Twitter before he'd actually read all the information. And he, he, he did apologise for it and he, 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 he took it back, but he, he wasn't aware about, you know, all, all the evidence that, that had actually uh, come up about Kevin Spacey and... Um, and he, he saw I like, expressed his doubts on Twitter and he got completely crucified for it by the Twitterati. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, the actor who plays uh, Stamets in, in, in Enterprise, you know, accepted his apology as well and stuff like that. He thinks that he might have been blacklisted from Star Trek and Star Trek conventions mm-hmm. because of this this big thing that happened on Twitter. Oh, jeez. You know, that don't even get me started on my issues with social media. <laughs> It's got to be careful when you tweet. Um, Or just, you know what? If everybody just stopped doing this stupid crap, (laughs) social media, and creating twit wars and this and that and cancel culture. You know, uh, don't even get me started. The world was a better place before we had social media. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Well, I I hope that was the reason. Hopefully it was just a misunderstanding or something. But But I had trouble. I did have trouble with that scene. I couldn't watch it. It was that, you know, everyone. Talking about, I, I can understand that was a one time I, I said. I feel like the writer hated that character. Yeah, <laughs> I torture feel, him again. You know, I, I didn't feel that Picard, the series, was dark particularly. And I think they could have done without the cursing and everything. That's the one, the one critique I have is that scene was, I felt, so brutal. It was really out of place. For Do you know that scene? And Do you know I, in that scene where she's asking where his uh, thing is in his head? She's looking for 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 this uh-huh. processor in his head, and she's asking yeah. him where it is. Yeah. Do you know where it is? Where? It's in seven of nine because he gave it seven nine in an episode of Voyager. Ah. Oh. <laughs> and so I, that's what, that's why I, I, I actually it. couldn't watch. I had to look away, and I tell Mark to tell me when it's over. How long was that character in Voyager? I can't remember. Is that a whole um, season? He came thing? into it the same. Came into it the same year as Seven and Nine did, so he was in it for a good four years. And oh. um, 
he wasn't a main character, but he was quite a strong recurring character, you know. And Seven and Nine kind of had a, a relationship with him. She was kind of like a, his mother figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know. Is, is this the first time we've heard that her name's Annika? No. That's not the first. No, no. That, no. that, that was actually that in Voyager as well. Okay. Yeah. I've forgotten. Because I, I remember because I like that name. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I love that name. Well, I'm glad they seem like they did their research, which is good. So, yeah, because I feel like in Discovery, they kind of didn't do the research or they just thought they didn't have to because they went to a different time period. Yeah. But, and I have yeah. to say, you know, we we're talking about her and we we're talking about these other characters in the, you know, in Picard. And I feel like in um, basically the more recent Star Trek series, they are doing a much better job writing women because, you know, we were talking about how bad, poorly written uh, Captain Janeway was. And um, it's just so poorly written. And and a lot of other women throughout, I feel, when I watch Star Trek, and even though I love Deep Space Nine, even with Deep Space Nine, it feels like men writing female characters, but they're men who have had very limited contact with women other than their mothers. And it's just, I mean, it's just they've never written women well. And they've also, by extension, never until recently written relationships well. Um, yeah, I think the I think the problem was though on on TNG, um, Voyager, and DS Nine. Although DS Nine, I think they they wrote the original Dats really well. Yeah, that's true. And she um, was, uh, and also also uh, Major Kira was written really well. Yeah, I liked. Kira. Uh, but I think the problem was on 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 TNG and uh, and and Voyager, which you know probably had the the least you know well written women on it. You know, although Troy got the occasional really good episode, and and so did the Doctor to a certain. Yeah. In the original yeah. series, women were all just basically sex objects for yeah. the most part. But the problem was was uh, basically Rick Berman. Oh, I can know, believe um, it. Because um, apparently it's, it's come to light, you know, that um, Rick Berman was kind of sexist. And, you can uh, tell by the writing, yeah. And, and very old old school when it came to sort of like how, how women should be portrayed mm-hmm. in, in, in television shows that I was in charge of. And um, and Jerry Ryan had issues with him. The, uh, the, idea, yeah. the, the cat suit idea was Rick Berman. Yeah, that makes sense. And probably no. to Paul's catsuit too. Yeah, which oh. never made sense. Why would a Vulcan wear that? Vulcan would not wear that. And it's illogical. And, and, and it's I find it I find it so baffling because um, women have been writing male characters since forever, but it's so odd that so many men have struggled to write female characters. And I just want to say, write them the same as make them real regular people, just like men. But well, you know why women, women have been writing male characters for so long, don't you? It's because those guys are just so easy to figure out, you know. <laughs> well, so we do easy. have that advantage over you. <laughs> women are so complex. Men are much They're simpler like creatures, but that's okay. We love you the way you are. <laughs> um, but it's it's just, that's one thing that's always been a problem for me with Star Trek. It's always been like, I like Star Trek, but... It's I cringe so often watching things and just like I, I can enjoy watching the original series. But to be honest, I can only enjoy it, frankly, so much because it's such a most of it's such an adolescent male fantasy. 
Yeah, I mean, like Nurse Chapel, Nurse Chapel being infatuated by Spock for about three years. Yeah. I mean, how do you not get over an infatuation in three years? I mean, infatuation. You know, really when, when, yeah. when, when, when I was infatuated with somebody, it was usually for about two weeks before I got fed up and bored because I was getting no, nothing back. So. Well, <laughs> and you that, get to I mean, go to work a... in pajamas. That's a man's yeah. fantasy. <laughs> and the women all have short skirts. It's great. <laughs> the women are wearing mini skirts and they get to wear their PJs. I mean, what? What could be more? Yeah. But and to be so, honest, so, you know, it's, you know, I, I I've, I've seen mini skirts that are way shorter than the ones that were in Star Trek, you know? And <laughs> and, and I've seen these mini skirts so way short and thinking, damn, how did, you know, how, how did it get away with that? <laughs> it just doesn't look right. The 60s were an odd time for Star <laughs> What about the end of Data? Oh, I cried like a baby. I thought it was done very well, but it the was. only thing that bugged me, the only thing that bugged me, and this was to do with all the scenes with Data, is they got his hairline wrong. <laughs> yeah. It was a little higher uh, up or something, right? It was something, it was something. I thought his hair looked funny. Yeah. It was a little higher up, and it was just sort of like it seemed to be a really strange angle. Everything else was perfect, but it's... With his hair going looking wrong, it just saw like really? I you thought know. it was darker than it usually was before. It might, that might have been too. I thought it. I thought they made it darker. Mm. There's something up on his hair. I remember staring at his head, going, "That hair ain't right," but I couldn't quite figure out what it was. Yeah, need a better wig. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't was... look quite right, didn't it? It sort of like looks a bit off. But I thought they did well, a great job of making him appear there at the end when he was Data. He, you know, when you saw. Especially him as the scene. person you see the actor has aged normally but then at the end when the actor's data i felt that they really de-aged him to be data again pretty well very successfully they did i mean he didn't look any different really you know age-wise to how he looked when he was in nemesis yeah yeah you know that's what i felt but um i i all the scenes that he had with picard were so touching in the ones where Picard was dreaming. I mean, every to me, they were such emotional, heartfelt scenes that those worked for me each time. And so there at the end, it was just, oh, it was heartbreaking and beautiful. But it was really, I felt... It was only beautiful. missing one thing. It needed an F-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of course, Mark turns around and looks at me and is, is chuckling at me because I'm like, don't look at me. <laughs> You know, and it, was so it was. It was. A good, we're going to get data back. The actor didn't want to play data anymore. And uh... you know what I felt like? Um, I could sometimes. I felt like during his performance as data, I felt their chemistry was good. And Patrick Stewart just. I don't know. He he just really brought it even more during those scenes. But it felt as if Brent Spiner, when he played Data, Next Generation. Versus now, there was it's like he didn't have the joy doing it. He doesn't anymore. have emotions. No, but <laughs> I don't know. There's something did seem to be missing just within him playing that character. I think you could almost tell he didn't want to do it, but he he powered through, did a wonderful job. And the two of them together were just amazing. That's why it's baffling and and so sad that he doesn't want he didn't want to do that anymore. It's like, but. You and, and Patrick Stewart being these characters together are just so good. He, he said he'd be willing to play other characters, but he just didn't want to play Data anymore. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you could always bring him back as an 
Yeah. Yeah, if, if Laura aged a little bit. He didn't want to do that aging makeup. He didn't think it would look good. I, yeah, I can <clears> understand <throat> those concerns there, but they did a great job. He thought on short bouts like that would be fine, but... In long term, it, it yeah. would be an issue, I think. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, though. If, it wouldn't surprise me if Brent Spiner actually had some import into into the writing of, of those final scenes. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I wouldn't either, because, you know, with Patrick Stewart being producer on there and everything, you know. And what the season did is it really built on the things that happened in Nemesis and in and in uh, what was alluded to in the the reboot with with what happened to the Romulans. It, it used those and, and built you know that momentum and stuff and and took other things from other shows too and just tried to start mm-hmm. everything from scratch, which I think it was always missing like in Discovery and other shows were in Enterprise where I always felt like. They just use the excuse of being a different time period to not do research and also to just try to like create their own thing. That's, that's true. Yeah, and uh, I like that they at least did the research and they built on the momentum of what the storylines were before rather than just, you know, ignoring them. Yeah. So. Yeah, they, they built on the mythology. Yeah. This yeah. was a well-researched, informed show. I mean, people putting this series together were people who knew and loved their Star Trek, I felt like. Yeah. Their vision of Star Trek might be a little different than what people are used to, but I don't think it was... I felt the heart and soul was really there. It was still in there, especially in the ending. You know, it, it worked out the way a Star Trek show right. should work out, you know. I, mean, not... I, I also I also love the fact that they use quite a lot of rigid classic TNG uh, stuff as well. I mean, for example, the uh, the whole Sims thing... It's kind of like you could actually say that the whole season has kind of like been a retread of Measure of a Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in in terms of uh, Picard was battling once again with the individuality and the sentience of the Sims as 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 a race, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. whereas before he was just doing it for Data. He, this time around, he was doing it for Solji and all her Sim brothers and sisters. And eventually himself, because he becomes... Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and I, I love, though, that they... I love the way they did it, um, that they didn't put him in an indestructible. And I love whenever um, I whenever he the goes... The card was super strength, but kind of funny. Well, and I love how it was when they're explaining it to him, and then he, Brent Spiner, I think, is the one who says to him, we've been paying attention, you know? Like, and they're just like, we've been paying attention. Like, we know, we know what you're cool with and what you're not. But just the way they said that, like, you know, all this. And it's like, we've been paying attention. And to me, it was them saying that to Picard. You know, we've been paying attention to your feelings on the subject. But also, I felt like they were telling um, the viewers and the fans, hey, we've been paying attention, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, why why night is well about that was uh, the final scene on, on, on the bridge where, where, where Soji goes to him. He says, "Well, you know, I'm free now. I can go. I can go. I can go wherever I like. I'm a simp and I'm free and stuff like that." And Picard goes, "Me too." Yeah. And I thought, is that is that a hashtag from somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> but just the, and the way he said, and you know, because it, it really hits home. It's like, wow, that's him now. You know, he's it, the Picard we've always known and loved, and he's the synth now too but i just i cheered i actually did a fist bump in the air and cheered at the end where he's like they look at him and he goes engage and i'm like yay and that's <laughs> also building on mythology because that continues the brain anomaly he has or illness 
that we learned about in the finale of the of the series of Next yeah. Generation, and, and yeah, it's a conclusion that yeah, yeah, yeah. Ir- syndrome. And I, I I thought it was funny too that when they um, first see uh, Riker and Troy's daughter, and she's got the the bow and arrow, and he goes. If you're trying, you might want to aim for the head. This is all titanium. And then she moves it up. <laughs> yeah, like which is heart, which is another episode. Yeah. Let's go and wrap this up with our predictions for next season. What we'd like to see in next season. Oh, gosh. Who wants to start? I want to see the same ragtag group. And especially I want to see Rios and Rafi, particularly with him. And I want to see them having adventures in space on Rios' ship. And other than that, I'm sure I'm going to be... Oh, and I would really love to see Elnor back for sure. Right. Um, yeah, I think we're going to see Elnor back. I want to see... Uh, I think Elnor could really... I mean, I think Picard really needs to be his life mentor right now. And I think that Picard gets a real kick out of being a young person's mentor. And all of them together would be good. But if we could just for sure keep Rios, Rafi, Elnor, and Picard together... Looks like Agnes Gerardi's going to be around because of with her and Rios. I didn't care for her at first, but she grew on me there at the end. I liked her at the very the very last episode is when I I decided I did like her. But as long as they're in a ship and having some adventures, I'm going to be happy. Okay, um, I think we're going to see more Romulans subplots and and, and mm-hmm. political shenanigans in the um, second series. More Talshia. Um, more Talshia. More Vash. But I also think that, never mind uh, Picard being Elnor's life mentor, I mean, that, that's not like self-explanatory. I think that's yeah. going to happen anyway. But I think another thing that's going to happen, which sort of like was hinted strongly at in, in the finale, was I think that Rafi is going to get a second chance to be in a mother, and she's going to be able to be a mother to Elnor in a way that yeah. she was never able to be a mother to her own son. Oh, when he cried and she held him at the end Mm -hmm. and he cried. Oh, I started sobbing harder. It was so beautiful. And I loved, I think he's really going to be able to help. I think Picard is going to be very healing for Rios. You know, when Rios was like, I swore I'd never do it again. You know, that he just learned to love and respect this captain again. And, but uh, another thing that another thing is Elnor crying. I thought, oh, for God's sake, Elnor, don't be soft. You meant be a man, man up. Oh no! Get your it shit was together. Like his dad dying for crying out loud. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful. He was raised by nuns. You know how women are. Oh, <laughs> that sound is me smacking him in the shoulder because I'm so darn soft. Ow! I think I hurt my hand. <laughs> I just hit a solid wall of muscle. It's like trying to smack the rock. No, I, I thought that was just, that was so beautiful. Rios's reaction, Rafi's, and, and Elnor. Oh, I, I mean, I just cried. And you could see Rafi desperately. I, I feel part of her wants to be a mother because how she treated Dr. Girati. You know, when Gerardi was freaking out towards the beginning and getting nervous and upset, and she's just like, come on, I'll take care of you. You know, of course, you shouldn't feed your kid that much cake but um, and sugar. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think there was something extra in that cake, to be honest. Yeah, there was. <laughs> I had to have been. Um, um, but I think basically Elnor's going to be Rafi's second shot at being a mother. Yeah, you know? he's going to be basically 
she and Picard are going to kind of co-parent, I think. <laughs> yeah, imagine how effed up he's going to be after that. Oh, God. <laughs> them as co-parents, and and Rios <laughs> is like his fun uncle, uh, and and Gerardi's kind of like the more uptight aunt married to the fun uncle, but it works out somehow, you know. I mean, and and Soji, I guess, will be sort of like a sister. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, it'll be inter- interesting to see what they do, like where their place is going to be at. In the Star Trek universe, too. I would still like to see Narek. Um, yeah, he was an interesting character. I, I, I found him very intriguing. I mean, you know, the guy's basically a douche, but <laughs> but he also wasn't completely wrong either about some stuff. And um, he was kind of interesting. I mean, I found him interesting. I liked him a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I'm curious since they said the doctor, they're going to try to get the doctor back. You know, with this whole anti-synth thing, what what happened to him? Because, I mean, he's technically a synthetic life form. I'm sure he's been unplugged. Yeah, I'm just curious about that because he is well beyond his programming. I know he's a hologram, not flesh and blood, but he can move around and stuff. Honestly, holograms are more dangerous, I think. I think so. And remember in Voyager, we had those holograms who were re- rebelling and fighting yeah, back. I mean, an, an android is gone rogue. I mean, chop off their head, smash them, crush them with a car smasher, you're fine. But these holograms, man, they can get into programs and they can hide and it's they can, they can do a lot of damage. Yeah, they yeah, can walk through walls. Yeah. If that ain't spooky, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're even more dangerous, really. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if they bring that He's aspect been shelved in. and unplugged. Yeah, I hope not. But, uh, we'll well he see. had to have been. Well, Admiral Janeway wouldn't let that stand. Maybe he's Well, doc- except when they write her the next week, and she would. Maybe he's a doctor <laughs> for the, the Rangers. <laughs> Maybe. Janeway would be adamantly opposed to doing that until the next week when the writers wanted her to be completely for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see what they do next. There is a talk about trying to get them in a crossover or something. That would be interesting if they did that. Um, as much as they can pull in from everything, I'm all for it. Yeah, be, I mean, you got the Pike show, the, that Enterprise show that's coming. That's yeah. in the works. I want to see Captain Riker show. Yeah, I would love to see Captain Riker. He was, he's looked like a great captain. and uh, I've always liked If Riker. it's like the normal Enterprise where you have family on there, you can have Troy and you can have his yeah. daughter too. And that'd be oh, cool. I love that little girl. That would be a way to bring back, have a show that's got the feel, a little closer to the feel of TNG and stuff, if they want to do that, uh, that girl's while still so, having everything else. That girl's so adorable. I mean, she made my ovaries ache. I mean, she's just so <laughs> adorable and cool. Yeah, she's a good actor and, and interesting character. So, yeah, I hope we do, because I, well, I want at least one more series that takes place during that time period, because we're so heavy in the past with Discovery and then the Section Thirty One spinoff, and then the Captain Pike spinoff. It's like it's, yeah, I it's want great, more. Yeah, I want more. more present. I, want, I want more mm-hmm. seasons of Picard, and then I want there to be other series. Yeah. Um, well, to be honest, Picard for me is the only uh, the only good Star Trek show they've actually produced in years. I mean, Star Trek Discovery STD. Oh my god! I didn't think of that. Well, I, uh, I like Discovery okay. It just isn't, to me, it isn't Star well, Trek, but it's a good show. Season 2 was a vast right, improvement. Yeah. Season 2 was a vast improvement, and it kind of brought things back to, to Star Trek a little bit, but it still seemed a lot more like Mass Effect than it did Star Trek. Well, and I was telling Marks, I said, you know, I like Discovery okay, especially, you know, the second season. The first season wasn't that great. 
second season was good. I said, but honestly, if I feel like I want a Star Trek fix, I watch the Orville. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't well, watch Star uh, Trek Discovery well, for my Star Trek fix. I know. So whenever I went to Dragon Con two years ago, they had a Star Trek Discovery panel, right? I didn't go to, maybe they had more than one, but I went to one of them. Uh, that was for season one. It had the captain, uh, at least the original captain, and, uh, or, well, what am I trying to say? The captain... We had, I ended up with a secret. The the, yeah. the bad guy. Well, yeah, I I'm trying not to spoil oh, it. But, um, and, uh, you know, a few of the other characters and stuff. The some captain who was not as he originally seemed. Some of the Klingons. It's it's all just Dragon Con Star Trek stuff hosted and moderated by uh, by the actor who plays Henry Kim from Voyager. Oh, um, cool. Garrett so, Wong. Yes, yeah. yes. And now that somebody who die hard love Star Trek, he should, really should we should bring back Kim and not be yeah. an ensign. Why is not that be an poor man still years. an ensign? It's crazy. <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious if he still is? Yeah, they almost have to do it now. <laughs> just keep the joke going. Um, but anyway, and the crowd was very small, you know, and it was one of the smallest crowds I, I've seen for a lot, any of the panels, any right. of the TV show panels at least. And um, and it was really weird. I was like, wow, I cannot believe this isn't more full. Um, Which convention was it? DragonCon in oh, Atlanta. Yeah, and uh, I like DragonCon. Whereas Orville was much fuller, much more energetic. I like Orville. Now Discovery season two, the next, you know, the last DragonCon, there was more people there. It was yeah. it was a little bit bigger, and it was and the audience was a little more positive. But yeah, I think that shows you that nothing against the actors are great in Discovery. There's a lot of good stuff in Discovery, but they just yeah. didn't they changed too much. They lost the heart, soul, and feel of Star Trek. Yeah. With that first season. Well, I think when you, you adapt a show, you have to look at the elements that make the show what it is. The themes, mm-hmm. uh, the tone, the cinematography, you know, different stuff. And decide, you know, how much of that you're going to change. Because every element you change is going to have a risk of making it less what yeah. people loved about the show. Get you further away from the yeah. franchise. Like, for example, Star Trek Universe, excuse me, Stargate Universe. Oh, uh, it was awful. It was too radically a different change. That was, that was Battlestar Galactica light. They were like, <laughs> we want to do the cinematography of Battlestar Galactica with none of the depth. Yeah. And then we want to totally destroy everything that's ever been at the heart and soul of Stargate ever before and like make something as terrible as possible. Yeah. Well, it didn't use the gates much, which is a fundamental part. It's called Stargate. Yeah. Of they, course, they fell in love in Atlantis and and SG-1 towards the end of just staying on world. And they didn't use mythology aspects at all. Mm-mm. And there wasn't this sense of, in Stargate, there's always a sense of, we're humans, yeah, we're outgunned by the aliens, but we have, you know, hope and heart. And humanity, ingenuity and yes. humanity. Wit and, and grit. And, uh, and we'll overcome and stuff. And Star Universe was very much like, we're very flawed characters. We're not the best <laughs> SG-1 people. And we just kind of survive half well, the time were, out of luck. They were overly flawed, and they never were smart enough to get themselves yeah. out of a fix. So anyway, that was a long way of me saying that Discovery changed too many of those elements. Made the same similar mistakes. Yeah, whereas Picard luckily yeah. didn't do it quite as much. Also, the uh, continuity with Discovery, with the fact that it was set in Star Trek's past, they really messed up by having holographic communications between ships and captains mm. and in, in Discovery. And the how technology they destroyed, was just... I'm sorry, how they destroyed Klingons. Yeah, they did the Klingons, and they're still not ripping, they're still not fits that. And they um, really, so wait, they really screwed up the communications you said? I had forgotten. They do, hologram yeah. communications way well beyond what oh. Yeah. Which is like, and, uh, why? 
because it's cool. But well, then don't set it in the past. Set right. it in the future if you want to do cool looking stuff. You know, there's nobody stopping you from moving forward. Yeah, you know? don't even get me started on Enterprise. <laughs> well, you could do Star Trek Discovery. Well, to be honest, then Enterprise did a better job of portraying the past than Discovery did. You know, it did. It was just kind of. It, was, it just wasn't a good show. <laughs> it was a little boring, to be honest. With I you. never made it through a single episode without falling asleep, and I have insomnia. <laughs> yeah, it it didn't have uh, the right excitement aspect or something going on. Yeah, the last two seasons, really, you know, of Enterprise really picked up, especially that last season, the yeah. final season. You know, you can watch that right final now. season on its own, and and it's all like it tied tied in, and it also repaired the Vulcans as well. Because they screwed up the Vulcans in, in Enterprise very early on. Yeah. Oh. And they, they kind of repaired the damage in, in the last season because he actually had someone come in that could actually show run and write and um, had, had a good knowledge of it. I didn't watch it enough Patrick. anymore to remember. They, they, made, they made Vulcans seem like they're more like Romulans, they're more sort of like treacherous and double dealing and, and, and um, a little bit more emotional, I think. Yeah. I, no. It's funny because, you know, I've always had a hard time telling Romulans from... Vul- I mean, Romulans and Vulcans look exactly alike. I mean, they're pretty much identical. Pretty close. Yeah, Enterprise messed up a lot of stuff. The only problem with that last season Enterprise is the characters were still very bland to me and kind of boring. And it's... Oh, I think everybody. For, it was, it was well, white think, bread, boring. For a series, I think it's like the characters are extremely important to hook you. Because that's the way you're sticking with it, you know, from episode to episode. The plot is secondary. The plot is important, don't get me wrong. But if you don't like those characters, you're not going to tune in on the plot. Just yeah, the, prob- the problem was Trip Tucker was basically a clone of Dr. McCoy. Only instead of him being a doctor, he was an engineer. Yeah, but uh, he wasn't a good one. <laughs> he wasn't a, I mean, he wasn't a he good was clone. Uh, yeah, and, you know, the, you know, Reed was like a kind of bland. He was very bland. Yeah. Oh, and, God. And uh, the, lingu- the... The linguistic expert was pointless after a couple of seasons once the Universal Translator kicked in. Well, a few episodes, honestly. They were like, we need a translator. And then, like, a few episodes in, they're like, oh, this is too much work. <laughs> well, it's mm-hmm. challenging for a writing goal if everybody didn't speak the same language or if, you know, transporters. But they could have done some really good stuff with that. Yeah, I mean... The best character was Dots of Larks. I love Dr. Thwarts. Yeah, he was an interesting character. He's fun. You know? That Richter's song-like type smile he had in the first episode. I cracked up when he did that. <laughs> He's the one character I would like to... If there's some way to bring him back somehow, it would be interesting to see. I guess he could still be alive. Right, All of them could still be alive in the Discovery timeline. At least uh, in that time, time period, I should say. Because not that far ahead of Enterprise, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, basically, you know what, um, Archer was still alive in the um, in the first Star Trek movie, two thousand nine, because um, Scotty was actually exiled to that planet because um, he'd lost Porthos. He beamed out Admiral Archer's dog from one one place to another, and he'd lost him. Mm. <laughs> That's why he was on that planet, supposedly. So, you know, Archer must be ninety six or something then. <laughs> it lives forever. So we can, we all like Picard overall, and it's definitely our favorite new Star Trek show. Right? Yes. yes, for me, it's the most Star Trek show they've done in years. Yes, it is. Um, Since... it's the only way they can improve it next season is by having more Federation in it. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and a few more federation chips in it, a bit more Riker in it, and bring Jordy back. Yes. Yeah. And I'm Worf, too. I want to see Worf. Worf and Jordy. Oh. Yeah. Well, and Dr. Crusher. I always thought Dr. Crusher and Picard would get together. I know. Sad. How did that not happen? I don't know. You know, to be honest, if I had a doctor called Crusher, there's no way I'd be going to see her. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely no way. That's like Doctor Slaughter. This is my partner, Doctor Death, <laughs> and yeah. my colleague, Doctor Slaughter. He's a surgeon. You, you know what my you know what my doctor's called? Gonna hmm. laugh. Doctor Think. Think. As like in, I'm yeah, thinking. Like F I. Oh, Fink. Fink. Oh, Fink. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Just thinking. Yeah. I gotta go see that Fink. Yeah, I gotta go see the thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we all enjoyed Picard overall, and except maybe a slightly less cursing. Well, the the unless violent it's, that one violent purposeful. scene, I had a problem. Yeah, and maybe not quite as much gore. Which, to be fair, there was a scene in the last episode where she uh, San, Sanji. Was it Sanji? I think she took out the, No, 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 no. Uh, You're talking about Gerardi. Gerardi. Dr. Gerardi. Took but, out the eyeball. Right, but she was like, oh, sorry, and they didn't show it. They didn't show it. So. Well, they showed the eye with the thing hanging off. That, that was okay. It wasn't great, but I'm okay with that. But that's how they could have done the other scene, is my point. Yeah, yeah. With her, they didn't get that gruesome but, and brutal. Remember, in, was it season one of Next Generation, where there's alien aliens were like, Taking over people like a body snatcher episode, and they had to blow up that admiral. And they shot him in a phaser, and his like body exploded. His head exploded. Do you remember that, Ian? Yeah, that was a uh, that was that was towards the end of the first season, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and it was foreshadowing as well for a later episode. You know, no, it was actually the conclusion of the thing that was foreshadowed about a conspiracy within the Federation. These little inset, these big inset things that have taken over a few key. Figures in staff meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that was that was pretty gross. It actually got censored, I think. Uh, it did. It, they, they didn't show it in in the UK. The actual head exploding. They they <laughs> they kind of cut away from it. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, next generation wasn't always. You know, people forget sometimes. <laughs> I, I, and there, people, there was actually yeah. there was actually another episode in next generation which. Um, from season three, I think. I can't remember the title of it, but it was basically set on this world where there was a strong terrorist theme running through it. Like there was one sort of like terrorist group that were a bit like the IRA and there was the, the others dealing with it and Crusher got in the middle of it mm-hmm. sort of thing. That never got shown in the UK until a few years later. Ah, because it, was, it came out at such a time where things were still a little bit sensitive between the British government and the IRA because it was before the Good Friday Agreement that came out. Mm-hmm. So we want to see more Picard, for sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and and I would love to see a, a spinoff in that uh, time period. The showrunner said that he had pitched, half-jokingly, half-not, a spinoff with Seven to Nine and Eldor. And, uh, huh. But then that, that got axed, so... Well, well I, I, I don't want Eleanor to leave this group. I want Eleanor to be in with this group. I do, too. I, I don't mind. I think Seven and Nine's strong enough to be her own spinoff, maybe, but yeah. with, with some other characters. I, I mean, know. there would have to be another ensemble cast, I think. For oh, me, yeah. But... I, mean, I, I think it's strong enough to go for three seasons. Picard, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I don't think you'll get more than three seasons out because uh, Patrick Stewart's not getting any younger. I was, no. was going to hope for five. 
Mm. Well, I said hope. I know, didn't say we're going to get it. <laughs> he's 79 now, but he keeps himself in pretty good shape. So you never know. Um, but I want to see a spin-off of it. I want a spin-off of it. Huh? Well, that, that, that's how those guys roll. It's going to increase his chance of dying. <laughs> <laughs> every night, that every night is high-risk scenario. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, um, Ian. I cut you off. What did you? What were you saying? Um, well, his age. Well, what I want to see is I want to see a spin-off where it's set on the Enterprise G. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what that Enterprise is like. Yeah, because we've had the Enterprise E. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll skip over the F and go right to the G. Different captain, different crew, and they could still have characters and elements from Picard come into that show. And, and go out with that show, but I yeah. want to see I want to see what the Federation is like now after all of this. Mm-hmm. I do. I want to see it more Federation, yeah. Because the Federation at the beginning of Picard is obviously broken. It had to have changed a great deal for Picard to have left it. And uh, again, a lot of that's also explained in the books, mm-hmm. in the books, the prequel book. It's sort of like I, I want to see what the Federation is now. In, in this period of time, because obviously Reich has come back and uh, they're trying to repair it. And the one thing I was disappointed with on in the finale was all those Federation ships looked identical. And the fleet of Federation ships would have been, you would have different styles of ships. Yeah. Sort of thing in previous series, whereas in that it was sort of like it was a bit of a cut and paste job. It was. And all the warbirds are identical too, right? So yeah. It's kind of a kind of a letdown in that sense. And they're all supposed to be whatever that ship design was. That's supposed to be the, the newest one. And I, yeah, I'm not buying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was disappointing. But yeah, I, I, I do. I want to, I agree with you. I want to see a, a new Enterprise in the present. And uh, I wouldn't mind if Worf is the captain, to be honest. Yeah, I that'd, that'd be, be nice. Cool. I, would be have, honest, I would have, here's my dream, Enterprise crew, right? If I was somehow connecting it to previous characters. Have a wharf as captain. Mm-hmm. Have a, a Dax as maybe second in command. Okay. Have the doctor as the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I don't know who else off the top of my head after that. Archer, because he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, he's, uh, Archer's in one of those wheelchairs that Pike was in where it's two two flashes for, for no and one flash for yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and a, and a higher ranked than Ensign, Henry Kim. Kim. What about, uh, did you mention Jordy? <laughs> yeah, well, Jordy's already kind of doing something. But it, I'd be cool with Jordy being in it, too. Yeah. And, um, and how about how about Fleet Admiral Wesley Crusher? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's off traveling through time and space. I was say, he, he left a long time ago. Yeah. He could pop um, up again, though, because of could. this whole, if they had to fight something out time and space, he, I could see him popping in. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, what was his name? Oh, never mind. It'll take me oh, to figure it out. Oh, and Will Wheaton. I, I do like how they are doing the ready room where you get this you know, half-hour episode. Yeah. You know, a companion like of that. every episode talking about it. I Who was the great. Scottish guy from, was it Voyager? Um, oh, the Scottish guy from Voyager. I don't remember a Scottish guy oh, from which, Voyager. I, I'm getting Deep my Space Nine. Deep Space, yeah. O'Brien? Uh, yeah, Space O'Brien. Nine, thank you. He, he was Irish. Irish. Okay, it's been so long. I couldn't even remember what series he was from. I ju- yeah. I don't remember that well. I just remember that I liked him. I yeah, he, I... he he was actually uh, the transporter chief aboard the Enterprise D. Oh, 
okay. Put your, trans- your transfer to DS9. I didn't, even re- my re- I didn't get the nationality. I didn't even get the series, exact series right. I just, I get like, I have a couple flashes of like a couple of scenes. And I just remember when I did watch that show back then that I, I liked him. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be an interesting career. And then a bunch of new people. So, <laughs> or Tuvok would be interesting too, to be honest. Tuvok and Sochi could join. Yeah. I want to see I want to see the Enterprise G with an entire new crew. Mm. I don't want to see any characters from TNG. Mm. You know, I don't mind seeing characters come in for episodes here and there, or or even the being a crew member from from the TNG era on this new new Enterprise G. But I don't want it to be entirely crewed by. Yeah. I want to see new characters. Well, I would like to see that with a new, entirely new group. Um, but I do would like to have something else with some of the old group, you know? Yeah. Well, because I want to know what's happened to some of them. And I think Worf is a character I could still do stuff with. And, and Next Generation is my favorite crew, yeah. really. And, but I mean, I... the original series, you the three, you know, you, Kirk, Bones, and, and Spock, they had great chemistry. The three of them together were really great. But if you're talking about the... I like Picard better as a captain, and I just feel like the overall ensemble cast was so strong. Yeah, that was the strongest, I think, overall. Yeah. But mm. I'd be curious well, to see well, what happened to all the Voyager people, you know, after they got back. What happened to them. <laughs> I'm curious. I, the only character well, that got on my nerves sometimes was Neelix on that show. But uh, well, Neelix got on my nerves all the time. Yeah. I hated it. He was too much. He's not as bad as, say, Jar Jar Binks, oh. but he was just too much comedy relief. It's, it's too much. don't know what she's talking about, eh? <laughs> What's so annoying, eh? I'm doing Canadian. I don't know why. <laughs> He's Canadian. I, uh, well, I think thinking Voyager. I think Kim went on to be a captain, didn't he? Because he was a captain in Endgame. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was captain in his own ship in Endgame. Uh, I remembered him being something higher, but I didn't remember. Oh, I forgot. Well, that that's just basically how how Bungandi's character was. <laughs> well, I remember nothing, Admiral It was just the bad writing. Yeah, I remember Amber on Janeway. It was just the the writing. I mean, the actor, I thought, did a fine job. He just didn't give him anything. So I think with Chakotay, I mean, poor guy could actually act. They just had him follow this schizophrenic, crazy, I'm a woman, so I must be nuts, captain around, follow around like a puppy dog and be like, yes, captain, yes, captain, yes, captain, and stand there, you know. Guy could have actually he, done he, more. He inspired Mike Tyson to get a facial tattoo. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I think um, you know the guy that played Kim Canat. I've seen him in lots, lots yeah. of other stuff. You know, I think he's more in, involved in production now. I think he, mm. I think he's sort of like got in, more into sort of like producing stuff now than he is. Well, a, it's smart. I mean, you got to kind of branch out because it gets harder to get acting roles, particularly older and particularly Asian. I mean, honestly, there's not a lot of opportunities. There's more now than there used to be, but Asians and Native Americans are very, very underrepresented. Native Americans, most so, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I was watching that. Uh, I've recently got Disney Plus. You know, I've been watching some of the older films on it that I, that I remember watching growing up. And like last night, I watched The Cat from Outer Space. <laughs> yes, I know. I watched all those old movies, yeah. and oh, and I loved those. I watched Davy Crockett, which was like probably Davey, the most annoying. Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Yeah, that that was really annoying. <laughs> I liked. It was like, I, I it was liked like every the... five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I like Daniel Boone, that TV show when I was growing up, too. Mm. But, I mean, I don't think we'll get the Daniel Boone show on, on Disney+. Plus. I don't think it's actually on, on our version of it. No, I thought I thought it was on ours. I could be wrong. But... Mm, sure. um, well, there's different content on the UK one. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've only got three episodes of The Mandalorian, for God's sake. And oh, that, that That's already aired, and I'd really want... And we're about two weeks behind on on Clone Wars as well. Mm. I, I just think they should just show it at the same time. There's no excuse. I don't for this understand sort of in this day and age why there has to be a difference. Yeah, they need to. It's ridiculous. Because people are downloading it, and the news, you know, if people are downloading it. What's the point in them having Disney Plus? Yeah. You know. All right. Well, let's it's let's a, wrap up this conversation real quick. We all liked Picard overall. Let's let's rank it real quick. One out of five. Uh, since five and a half, <laughs> five and a half. How about you, Ian? Five and a human. Five and a human. Yeah. See, to I me, like the that. human would knock it down a notch. But okay. <laughs> five and a hologram. Five hey. hologram since. Ha ha. Ah. All right. So we all, we all liked it. Can't wait for it to come back. Wait, you didn't rank it. I said five synth oh, holograms. Okay, synth holograms were... are superior to the flesh and blood. <laughs> Okay. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you here. I'm gonna oh. say five and a ninja samurai snail. Uh, you know what I'm gonna say? Five of the canine number ones. <laughs> I'm gonna say five Herogen species, whatever the heck it was called in Voyager. Uh, Eight four nine oh one or yeah. something. Hybrid genetic mix that are uh, adapted by the Borg. Five of those. Five and a half Cylons. Oh, sorry. They're not called Cylons. <laughs> no, five, five and a half Pitbull number ones. That's what I'm going to say. All right. So we... we that that outrages five, five and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so we all enjoyed Picard. Can't wait for season two. Hope there's many more seasons. And uh, we hope there's a spinoff. So hopefully. All right. So... They need to get Patrick Stewart a Gollum. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a Gollum, Yeah. Five Patrick Stewart, Stewart golems. golems. That's what we're going to rank Five and as. a half Patrick Stewart golems all around. <laughs> or uh, five Patrick Stewart golems and a canine number who one. Who have a number one, canine number one. That's also a scent. They'll live forever. Oh, that's, that's yeah. how you could improve the dog. Yes. All right. So. And, it, and it's always feeling rough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's it for today's Entertainment. Check back next time. And you can check us out over genretainment.com. Yes. And Ian, where can they find you? Oh, you can find a lot of my stuff on sci-fipulse.net. And um, we also do the, um, do, do the SFP Now podcast every now and again, which you can find on sci-fipulse.net. It's a middle sideway player. All right. So, and, and most people right now are kind of locked down and locked in and have time to listen to all these wonderful podcasts. Yes. Yeah, we've got over 200 episodes for you to catch up on. Yeah, <laughs> so see, we're doing our part for humanity, keeping you entertained. <laughs> yes. So, until next time. Until next time. Bad monkey. Okay, here comes the music.